Um, I, uh, we are in the cinder block office yet again, <laughs> but the thing that's really special that's happening is that Marion and Jason, instead of being in New York and Abu Dhabi, are in the, in the office with us. <laughs> yeah, so they're all within tickling distance and um we never get to do this so it's really really exciting um if you're listening to these in order you'll know that we did it two other times <laughs> um but you might not i'm sure I, people listen to this randomly they're not very chronological um but welcome hi everybody hey hey hi all right so i'm kathleen volkmiller i run the uh graduate program in publishing here at Drexel, and I write memoir and creative fiction of all sorts, and Marion Wren is here! Hello, Marion Wren, sitting to your right across the desk, almost too far to tickle, but we can fix that <laughs> we problem can reach. momentarily. Um, I uh, direct the writing program at NYU in Abu Dhabi, and I am here for the summer, um, and I'm so glad to be in your cinder block blue office. And to my far right is Amber. Amber. <laughs> and she's our production assistant, and next to Amber is Cherie. Hi, um, I'm Cherie, and I'm the co-op for DPG and PBQ, which is more familiar. Um, and I'm a student here at Drexel studying things. And to my right is... <laughs> I have Jason Schneiderman. I teach things at the Borough Manhattan Community College, where I am an associate professor. And I'm so excited to be in Philadelphia. And with us is also Tim Fitz. I'm Tim Fitz, and I teach here at Drexel. And I have a couple of short story collections. One will be out soon. One is Hypothermia with Mad Hat Press. And the second is forthcoming with the Xavier Review Press. And the title of that is Go Home and Cry for Yourselves. Sitting across from me is Kathleen. Hey, Tim. Can you tell me again, Go Home and Cry for Yourselves? Where is that from? Xavier Review Press in New Orleans. Yeah, mm -hmm. but and what's the title though? The phrase. Oh, go home and cry for yourselves. I know, but isn't it something? That's a title from when Christ is carrying the cross to Golgotha, and there's a group of women who are paid to wail for the uh, for the people who are going to be crucified. Mm. And he tells them to go home and cry for yourselves. Right. I love that line. That is a great line. It doesn't sound very Jesus-like, though. No, it's really fantastic. It sounds like a mad giving tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, you know, that's not, that's yeah. not. We try to reward our listeners. That is <laughs> loyal Um. Wow. Yeah, I love it. And you know what's funny? I couldn't remember if it was the Bible or or um. um not Joyce Carol Oates, but, uh, you know. Flannery O'Connor. Flannery O'Connor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is that Flannery O'Connor? Go home and cry yeah. for yourself. Yeah. 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 That's hard to find. Right, yeah. right. That was the right. argument against. So there were a couple of titles that were being thrown about. And so um, that was the one strike against it. It sounded too Flannery O'Connor. Oh, um, oh, can you really awesome. sound too Flannery O'Connor? I mean, isn't Flannery O'Connor yeah. kind of like a touchstone yeah. we aspire to? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's a great well, um, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to start today uh, by looking at two poems by one poet. Her name is Wendy Canella. And I think that we should note that um, Wendy published with us 
previously because she conducted an interview with Laura McCullough. Yeah. So if anybody's interested, issue 95 um, of the Painter by Quarterly, one could read Wendy interviewing Laura McCullough. Mm -hmm. But for now, we're going to read Wendy's poems, and I think that's really exciting. Yes, it is. Can I read the first one? I would love for you to read the first one. All right, here we go. And it's Gala Dolly Speaks Broken French. Um, and do we need to say who Gala Dolly is up front? She was the wife of Salvador Dali, and she left Paul Eloard <laughs> to be with Dali in a kind of like weird surrealist incestuousness. Right, and she's, what, it, um, what's her nationality? What was she? She's Russian. She's Russian. So imagine a Russian woman speaking broken French, but really you're going to hear an American woman with a Jersey accent trying to speak as if I am Gala Dali speaking broken French. Oh, can uh -huh. I go off on a tangent already? I think so, yeah. <laughs> just, just for a second, so that I, I cannot do it after we read the poem. Do you think that artists and writers are still fornicating and having salons and, you know what I mean, God, this I one's with, so. is there enough of that still I happening? So. If not, they should. You know, it makes me, like, yeah. Jealous for a time when mm. everybody was just kind of running around in hallways, stripping. <laughs> I picture like AWP gone wild. <laughs> I, I think AWP is already AWP gone wild. True. I am strongly of the opinion that if you're having sex with other writers and people know that you're having the sex, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's for your this is good. All right, Gala Dolly speaks broken French. Wendy, I'm going to do my best. Of the spinning wheels, Trevite and straight, from the states of the United to Montreal City, of the heavy traffic bumper to bumper and us, look at us, full to the brim, a clown car of activists, caravan of aerialists, and suddenly I pull my black hat down lower over my forehead, telling each of you which lines are yours to sing, wanted, wanting it all so badly to lead into the poem, turning up footloose, snapping back the door handles to escape like Smurfs into the congested highway. And this takes us nowhere. Egotism of drawing attention, egotism of dwelling on those swaying hips between stopped cars, but this is it. This is where we dance the good little dancing. I mean, some excellent shaking. Will you make it meaningful in the end? Will you make out with me? For the moment, will you hold the wheel? I'm taking my sweater off and the stars seem so agitated up there, trembling in their deep space. And that is just the sort of dramatic gesture we've come to expect from the stars. And one after another, our sweaters are cast off. The traffic's starting to move again. The driver's left with the unsettling ache of knowing they have, seen, they have teeth inside their tender mouths. Strangeness of the body and of living through them, the breath of words, I think, je pense, I believe, je crois, I feel, je sens, the neck and the shoulders, the visage, I never thought I had power to hurt anybody. I can barely make sense, but why else would I coerce the entire universe into bowing before my imagination, bestowing a corny nickname on each of us? You're Mama, and I'm La Bamba. Let's cover the world with our America. Yeah, let's take it with us to the jazz festival where all of us, my papa, my painter, my smurfette, my friends, all of us, my friends, made wreaths of our foolishness. And I made a nice wreath. I wear it around my face all night. The prayer for you to touch me. 
sympathique, sympathique, no, sympathique, sympathique, <laughs> this is nice, it feels good. You want to hear something else, something sophisticated in French, but I'm far too young to know what it is you want. I know only one phrase. It tells us when the music moves, you will hold my hand and eat from my hand. It tells me the whole bright blue night is a crown. So here is my stupid, unstoppable tongue. If you misunderstand, you misunderstand. Beautiful. So pardon me, Wendy Camilla on Sympathique, which I tumbled over. But whoa, no, that's a that was great. Read. That was absolutely great. Read. I love the part about teeth inside their tender mouths. Oh. This is amazing. Oh, it sort of captures the, the surrealist experiment so perfectly and kind of makes your whole body strange to be like, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. I never thought I had power to hurt anybody. I can barely make sense. <laughs> Love it. And then the next, why else would I coerce the entire universe? Right, like the sort of the balance of that line, like in your mouth and on the page is kind of nice. Okay, so I was reading it and loving it, but lost myself in it a little bit. Mm -hmm. What the what? What did, what happened here? What happened? Well, what happened was in this poem. <laughs> go ahead. There's, there's <laughs> another narrative in which she's driving in the present, right? And they're listening to Footloose, and yeah. she's taking off the sweater, and and then doing a sort of like you know streaking thing in the highway. Is that happening? They get out and they streak, or they're driving naked. Oh. um... I don't know. I guess. Okay. Wow. So, okay. I never saw the naked. They're pulling their tops off, right? Yeah. Because it says that they're going to get out, right? Like, um, I'm taking my sweater off? Snapping back the door handles to escape like Smurfs into the congested highway. Um, but then later, for the moment, will you hold the wheel? I'm taking my sweater off. Yeah. Okay. So it, it, it seems like they're I, fantasizing about getting out of the car and dancing, but they don't. Okay. So I, th I had it that they, like, like Stop the car, dance, listening to Footloose, get out and dance naked. But maybe that's not what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, I like I that. I don't think so. That's not what happens? Well, our sweaters are cast off, so right. to me that implies there's something under a sweater. All right. Right. I guess so. Technically. I think there would be uh -huh. more nakedness if they were naked. There would be more. Mm-hmm. I, d I don't quite get the way that the persona of Gala Dali is being blended with the persona of the person in the car, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Right? Sort of the, well, I think it's a, like if we're talking about a Russian woman who is displaced and now with this wild artist, you know? Right. That, that's what I saw as the connection. She feels like out of place but I'm supposed to be having these wild right. times and I can't even mm -hmm. I don't even make any sense and I'm speaking broken French and you know what I mean yeah. but I'm gonna have this this wild artist time because yeah. we're, we're a Russian artist and a Spanish artist living in France and then going to the States right and yeah like we're like in so many degrees of linguistic separation right mm -hmm. the thing I like mm -hmm. is that this person doesn't take themselves so seriously they're aware yeah. of the foolishness of the mm -hmm. whole thing yeah. yeah so they don't think they're anything special they're just out and sort mm -hmm. of celebrating being young and crazy and stupid 
I love if you misunderstand, you misunderstand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's such a beautiful thing. Will you make it meaningful in the end? Will you make, make out, out with me? me? <laughs> <laughs> I love that turn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like um, windshield wipers. Meaningful. Make out. The wreath, the prayer for you to touch me. Mm -hmm. Really, really lovely. Sure, jump in. Um. I guess in the beginning, as Marion was saying, like while you're reading, you were a little lost in it. Mm -hmm. But I was having a, a time figuring out if all of these events were really happening or if they were like, um, I guess, fantasy, you know, um, yeah. like driving in the car and like everything's like moving really fast, the uh, desires and the hopes and dreams and all that kind of stuff. Like trying to figure out if these are real events or if it's like, a craving for a fun time, um, but I, I don't know. No, I'm with you, and I'm I'm picking that there isn't a lot of literal narrative here. I don't think she actually made a wreath and put it around her face. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think mm -hmm. that they were surrealists. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> he painted with his mustache and yeah. Well, I I just don't mean. Cubic. I think for the eye here, it's metaphorical. You know, and. She's, you know, trying to behave the way she thinks she should behave. Mm. And all that, that, uh, the self-deprecation, you know, everything from what I didn't think, mm -hmm. I, th I think is, I don't know, that might be too harsh, self-deprecation, but, but I don't know, like Tim said, making fun of herself as she does it, the humility, the humility is great. Yeah, it's that, that time in your life where everything's just sort of exploding and you've got all that young energy and you're free, you're out. Mm -hmm. You're with your friends and it's all kind of crazy and stupid. And mm -hmm. the big th What I like about the poem is that those times are much more meaningful if you are aware of the absurdity of everything instead of taking things too seriously. Um, but, so I, I, mean, I, I like it. I like the... Um, it had, for me, it has that energy mm -hmm. of whenever this person gets that kind of freedom to get in a car, to be out, to driving to Montreal or something anywhere. I mean, it's crazy when that first starts happening. Mm -hmm. Whatever the age is, when you're out and you've got a car, yeah, yeah. and you've got 96 cans of beer in the <laughs> trunk for the weekend, yeah. and you're in something, you know, and you're out, and it's great. Yeah. So I, I, I love um, the, the sort of wildness of the poem, and I, and I love the way the use of the first person pronoun makes me actually feel lost a little. And what I mean by that is, like, I have trouble figuring out the difference between the I now and the I then. Like, when, when did this happen, and where is the speaker now relative to, this, to the events of this? Like, how close is that? How far away? But what I love, like, that and, right? Um, I can barely make sense. Why else would I coerce the entire universe into bowing before my imagination, bestowing a corny nickname on each of us? There's there's something about that self-knowledge in that line that right. it's like 
Yeah, it is corny and silly fun, but it's also this like arrogance of power of youth. Like I'm going to give everybody a funny nickname, and you're going to abide by the name that I've yeah. just given you. Yeah. In this sort yeah. of like godlike gesture, even though it's like wacky as all get out. Right. right. Yeah. There's, the whole bright blue knowledge. night is a crown. Yeah. It's like when you are king of the universe, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And it works then. That's yeah. the moment where it works. And then. It doesn't work any other. But there is a distance between the that then and the now. Can and I, can and I, Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. And I, but, but I can't figure that distance. That is not necessarily a problem with the poem. Yeah. I, I think the eye the is distance, telling right? it in present tense. Mm. I don't see the eye looking mm. back at all. Okay. I think the eye is em yeah. emerged in the moment. Mm. The moment's still happening. Mm. This night. Mm -hmm. Right? I think it's... Yeah, there's not... This is there, it isn't an older person looking back. Mm. She's in it now. But that self-awareness, to me, makes it also a little more interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That they're able to that see immediate self-awareness. Yeah. 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 You know. Okay. It definitely feels very present. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we're already re yeah. ready to vote. I think so. Yeah? yeah? Okay, shall we? One, two, three, vote. And it's unanimous! Woohoo! Woo Thank you so much, Yay. Wendy Canella. I'm so happy to have this. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Great fun. Really, really lovely. All right, we have one more from her. Uh, what can happen to women and men? I volunteer Jason. Jason! Right. I am volunteered. <laughs> what can happen to women and men? It has an um, epigraph. Right. Not an epigram, an Not epigraph. Not an hawker. Um, from Patti Smith um, in Ask the Angels. Honey, honey, the call is for war. And it's wild, 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 wild. What can happen to women and men? I never met an angel I didn't like. The one who knits hats for newborns. The one humming delusions to the broken world. Forlorn angels pacing the room, pulling out their own wings, feather by feather. Stone angels crumbling beneath the pure arch of love. Even the worst angel there ever was, I liked him especially with his motorcycle and stolen jewelry, his murderous thugs. I rode with him down the fiery path, never asking for more than the opposite of what we had, the good reasons and the master plan, which he failed to fully envision. Once he gave me Patti Smith and Lou Reed as examples of what can happen to women and men who believe deeply in upheaval, transcendence, a new form. He made me think I even liked the idea of betrayal. And for a while, I sang those kinds of songs. Nice. Even the worst angel. So the mm -hmm. he in the second part, like in that, the, in the second sentence of the poem, right? Is the worst angel want to give me Patty Smith? Got mm -hmm. it. Got it. I love the line never asking for more than the opposite of what we had. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I'm always so scared for people on motorcycles. You're so scared? Oh, yeah. Well, just whenever, whenever anyone's on a motorcycle, mm -hmm. like their fragility, like they're just, it's oh, terrifying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what they call them in hospitals? Donor cycles. Have you ever ridden on one? Absolutely not. 
<laughs> I have. You do feel very exposed. It's strange how people in other cars at red lights blatantly stare at you. Mm. Like you're you're exposed. Yeah. In all ways. Well, it's, it's like strange. we're in a box and you're just out here. Right. And a naked right. blade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that is uh I never met an angel I didn't like. Is the opening line yeah. is, is great to me. Mm-hmm. I love that, and um, and even the worst angel there ever was. <laughs> there ever was. Not that I mm-hmm. met. Just really, truly, the worst angel there ever was. Mm-hmm. And the plant hell's angel. I liked so him especially. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a great way in. I mean, I mean the yeah. movement through all yeah. of the angels to get to the bad boyfriend angel is yeah. wonderful. Pretty genius. Yeah. Pretty genius. But the, and the poem seems to break in two, though, right? Yeah. So it's like you get the sort of pantheon of angels, and then you get the Lou Reed, Patti Smith part. What did you guys make of that break? Oh, I liked it fine. I yeah. mean, I, I, I sort of went into expecting to be irritated by someone that might be globbing off of Patti Smith and Lou Reed. Mm. But, which is fine. I think if you're going to put it out there up front, you should expect to get people with that sort of wall. But I really liked the way... They were handled. Um, I, I love that it how that incorporated the title back in. Mm. Yeah, he gave me Lou Reed and Patty Smith and Lou Reed as examples of what can happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, that whole. Um, I just I had to read Holly Woodlawn's autobiography mm-hmm. for an academic project that I'm working mm-hmm. on, and and they were just terribly behaved. I mean, all of those people mm-hmm. in that yeah. kind of circle. And, you know, Patti Smith's uh, memoir is wonderful. And, I mean, her devotion to Maplethorpe is great. But, like, that whole circle of the Velvet Underground and Warhol, mm-hmm. I mean, they're just terrible to each other. <laughs> I mean, there's there's yeah. so much cruelty. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so much beauty. And I, I, I love that line that I even liked the idea of betrayal. Um, and for a while I sang those kinds of songs that, that one can kind of get seduced yeah. Yeah. by the work that comes out of a kind of inhospitality. Yeah. But that but, but one ultimately has to live a life. I mean, one ultimately has right. to return mm-hmm. to a place that's nurturing. Who believe deeply in upheaval, transcendence, a new form. I, I love that. Searching of a way to live and, you know, yeah. yeah. And what can happen to men and women? Yeah. It makes it as if yeah. it's not autonomy, it's not free will. This just can happen <laughs> where you can... Hurt, hurt each other so badly. Yeah. Right? It can happen. Yeah. Well, I like that it's women and men, that it's, mm-hmm. it's never men and women, it's always women and men. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know what's so funny? I think we could already vote. Yeah, yeah we probably can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I missed my own wild eyed look. I'm like, well, what else is there to what say? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three, vote. And we're sold two for two. Wendy Canella, thank you so much. Unanimous number two. We need a sound effect. So happy. <laughs> I know we've talked to Joe about champagne corks. You know, <laughs> and, yeah. No, they yeah. should just be actual champagne. Don't you think? Uh, <laughs> mimosas for morning times, and then I could be drinking at nighttime. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Actual okay. champagne. It creates an incentive for anonymity. Exactly. Or unanimity. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So happy. Thank you so much. And we've got one more from uh, Jana Lee Germain, and yeah. it's called Nightmare. Somebody want to, who wants to? 
nobody wants it, I will. Go for it. Do it. Okay. Channel Germain Nightmare. My son wakes to creaks and thumps like boots on his bedroom floor. They are here for him that found his room. The demon with the hedge clippers who stands against the wall. Or the man with the muddy shovel waiting to tangle him in sheets and bury him, still breathing, out in the yard. Night moves around his room, grinning. What he fears is pain he cannot handle. Us, dead in the other room. And hands, not those attached to wrists, but the kind that finger creep along the floor. He kicks the covers back, brushes past the thumbs, the clippers, the raised shovel. He's down the hall to our bedroom where we are still alive. When he says, crawling between us, I needed to know you were okay, I kiss his head. And the dark sits like a stone on my tongue. What can I say to him tonight? These things are real, but not here. My own dreamer sits sniggering on my shoulders, elbows digging into my skull. Yikes, that poem. I got arm hairs. I read it like so many times now, and I got arm hairs. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Ooh, I think, I think. The hand not attached to rest, but the kind that finger creep along the floor. Can I just finger creep. Like, yeah, that's, I love that. That's the that disembodied like, hand. Yep. The <laughs> disembodied hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. I needed to know you were okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Brushes past the thumbs, the clippers, the raised shovel. Mm hmm. And they're still in the room for him, right? Mm hmm. My own humor sits. Niggering on my shoulders, elbows digging into my skull. Yikes! Yeah, that the um, yikes. That I mean, you always like to talk about like the surprise of that. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be mm-hmm. this comforting mom, you know, yeah. struggling with the inability to stop the son's nightmares. Mm-hmm. But that For last sure. image, holy smokes! Yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to hear what everybody's thinking about this, but it is reminding me of how much fun it was to put together the monsters issue and <laughs> why we were after that. The sort of, you know, the figure of the monstrous is sort of unruly and excessive and right sort of beyond the sort of borders of the conventional in some ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great description of how this ending works, like reasserting the monstrousness as being in the very you know, benevolent maternal figure. Sure. Right? Yeesh. These oh, things yeesh. are real. <laughs> oh, boo. These things, These are, things real. are real. Right? <laughs> You'll be okay. They're not here. Run! Tonight we're okay. <laughs> it's true. I mean, right? the uses of enchantment. Well, that's a tough, that's a, those are tough questions when your kids ask if these things are real. And, yeah. and most of them are. I mean, we've got an alarm system so yeah. people don't break in and rape you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Hi, honey. I mean, I, you won't I, get stolen in the night, honey. A good friend of mine woke up in the middle of the night with a man standing over him. And oh he, my god! He bought these crazy dogs. I could never figure out why he had these crazy dogs are yeah. absolutely vicious. And then he told me that story, and I thought, oh, okay, man, that, that, that's yeah. it for the rest of your life, yeah. man. I, I mean, oh my god, it's everybody's terror. Wake up and somebody's there. You got to sugarcoat it, but you yeah. also don't want to tell them that everything's fine all the time you have to mm-hmm, just right. process mm-hmm. and in florida you know mm-hmm. you ask if there are any monsters there's coyotes yeah. ripping yeah. house dogs sure 
The man with the muddy shuffle waiting to tangle him in sheets. There's but so I love it's like my own dreamer sits sniggering on my shoulders. But that that's almost like a confession of her own like madness, right? And so yeah. it, it is like, yes, bad things are real and we can all agree on that. But there's something around about this uh, like you know, what's that picture of, of like the woman sort of like reclined? The is it called I the dreamer? Called, I thought it's called the dreamer. Something like yeah. that, right? And she sort of it looks like um you know it's a succubus. Yes. And it's sort of like sitting either on top on, of her to the right of her, yeah. just sort of like on her mm, chest. Right? On her mm-hmm. chest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what those succubuses do. They suck you. The sucks you. Disembodied hands that walk around on their own are not real. Mm. All right. Okay, you tell yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Airbnb future. Sorry. Well, everything isn't real, but yeah. there are muddy shovels and demons with hedge clippers. Well, the emotion is real. <laughs> Fear of danger is real. Danger is real. Yeah, people These who images, will harm you are real. Yeah. The images are doing the work of conveying it, right? Yeesh. <laughs> I mean, I believe that the kids say you just know you were okay, but I also, like... And I want more. Like I just, I, I maybe I should recuse myself as being childless. But um, yeah. I, I there's remember, a lot of people in this room. More that than are half childless. the room is childless. My I'm night guessing. terrors. And, and I don't know. This doesn't. This doesn't quite. A, I mean, I'm, I'm not having quite the experience that everyone else is having. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out why that is. Well, I am not childless. And I don't think I would have liked it if it would have just ended on I, I needed to know you were okay. Or any, the the, the mm-hmm. thing, the magic happens with the, um, the trimmer sits sniggering on my I mean, I really wanted the poem to open up that these things are real but not here. I felt like that was actually sort mm-hmm. of the place mm-hmm. where I wanted kind of mm-hmm. things to open up. Mm-hmm. And that kind of resolving with I have my own fears mm-hmm. um, as I comfort you wasn't like that that felt um it felt cut short to me like i actually wanted to to know more like i wanted to kind of like keep going with that sense of of danger Mm. if you started with these things are real but not here and ended with what can i say to him tonight for me that would no it's gotta end with that last image yeah yeah I see, I see, like a gargoyle demon. Succubus. Yeah, succubus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, listeners, the sounds is because we're reading it again. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's true. So, remember, yeah. you can look at it as well. Yeah, on we're our, definitely on not staring pages. at each other. Well, I, I was thinking about structurally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like there's, like, maybe I'm, I'm not giving it enough credit because it's, it's very conversational. I mean, there's sort of nothing, um, like, the syntax feels very conversational. Yeah. The line breaks are all with the syntax. Mm-hmm. There's sort of um, a very straightforward um, progression. Mm-hmm. I like um, two of these lines. The one that reads um, somewhere in the beginning, kind of working towards the middle, where it reads, um, night moves around his room grinning. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. And I also like um, going toward the end. Uh, in the dark sits like in the dark sits like a stone on my tongue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really like that one. 
just wanted to point those out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I, and I think that also calls attention. Like like the places I didn't like were things like what he fears is pain he cannot handle. Um, I mean that just seemed a little overinterpreted. Like yeah. that. Like he doesn't know that. Like right. as long as it's kind of his perspective. Mm-hmm. Like he's not. Mm-hmm. I can't handle that one. Like you know mm-hmm. that's that's not. I mean the kid's fear. Yeah. Is, is beautifully right. of those, but then when it's summarized or analyzed, like it felt mm-hmm. weaker to me. But I mean, isn't that the whole thing? My son yeah. wakes to creaks and thumps. And if we wanted to get really little, he kicks the covers back. She's not in the room and doesn't see that. She is telling us his story. Yeah. Right? And then it becomes hers in that very last moment. But prior to that, it's his story. She, you know, he cannot handle us dead in the other room. And that's why he comes down to see if they're okay, right? Yeah, and yeah, she that. only knows that because he says, I needed to see you're okay. That would be his worst pain. Well, maybe that's precisely the nightmare, right? right. It, and this goes, Jason, I'm thinking about this sort of child-free comment. Like, right. to me, the poem is like this crushing empathy experienced by this, the mother with her own succubus gargoyle right. on her head, grinding its elbows into her head because she's imagining her son's imagination of pain that he can't handle. That would break my heart. <laughs> I, 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 I could yeah. breathe with that kind of empathy, right? Right. And, you know, strangling me. So that's I think, the, I think that's the nightmare. That's the part of the poem, though, that maybe the main part of the poem that I don't really believe is. That, ah. Because I think it's just an excuse. Mm. He, he just wants to get up and say, uh, "Are you okay?" Just because he can't admit that mm. he's scared. Right. And can't be alone. Right. And the scary part for me is. The thing you're supposed to say to kids when they ask you, mm-hmm. "Are monsters real?" or like, yeah. and you have to—that's a big question because mm-hmm. if you say no, they're not real. Right. And then when they find out they are real, it's like they—it's worse, I think, when parents try to protect their kids with mm-hmm. ignorance. Mm-hmm. You tell them, "Oh, this can't happen. That can't happen." Um, and then if they find out the truth, and then they—they fig- they don't understand what to believe. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does make sense. But I, I am going to disagree with the first part of what you said. I mean, fear of abandonment is the number one fear. A parent, a child losing their parent is your number one fear. I think kids would rather die than lose their parent. I don't think that that's crazy to say or wrong or that he's making an excuse. Yeah. I needed to check that you're okay. Thinking your parents are dead and you're alone now is worse mm-hmm. than a man hitting you in the head with a shovel. I mean, I, th- mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like a truth. Well, and it's also, it's also that how we do you know weigh <laughs> yeah. the possible with the probable. Mm-hmm. Um, or how do you weigh, like, I mean, I was, I was reading something in the Times about people who go to their first spin class and then they get this thing where their muscles die. And, and yeah, it can happen. Uh, the chances of it happening to you are very, very, very small. So I'm so never going to go to a spin class. Uh, <laughs> it's also vanishingly small. I mean, but she loves spin. I do and spin. I always like. Yeah. I do I spin have a feeling of like time. I'm a slacker loser because I've never gone. Well, right? like, you know, class, don't ever do it. <laughs> but no, I don't want to die. You gotta muscles. try it. Well, but it's but that's the point. Is like is like if I tell you that Look, you would know, Soul Cycle be as big as it is if people were dying up in there? <laughs> But we no. can outsize. You know that's how it's going to end. You know, yeah. like, all right, dear listeners, if I die at Soul Cycle, it's been maybe that's why it's Soul right. Recycle. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually thought that it was it was about um, passing on night terror that yes. like her that her yeah. night terrors are now being inherited yeah. by the sun. Absolutely, sure. like, like this yeah. is 
there, there's a way, there's a kind of familial implication, yeah. mm-hmm. even I, as she comforts. I'm with you. It's, there's a sort of like the, the center of gravity shifts in the poem. Like you think you're in the center of gravity of this young child's nightmare, and then the, it shifts by the end, and you're in the, in the mother's mind. I mean, that's pretty transparent, but it's almost like that's precisely the thing that's been given to him, is, right. is this fear right there. And I guess that's where I kind of wanted the yeah. opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, like, that quick ending also speaks to the fact that a lot of people, like, kind of um, disregard, like, nightmares and stuff like that as something that's really childish. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, that like, don't right. be, like, simple, don't be childish, you know, it's just a nightmare, <laughs> blah. But then, like, night terrors are really real, so then it shows us that, like, the mother is still having, like, these experiences herself. So. Right. That was really interesting. I feel like there's, like, a, it's, like, almost like a lack of comfort. Like, the kid has the nightmare and can be comforted by his mother, but like when you get older, you still have the same nightmares as you did when you were a child, but now you just have to sit there and deal with it, and you just kind of have to take it, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the feeling I really get from the end, is like, that was the the thing that really hit me, is like, oh, it's still there, yeah. you just learned how yeah. to just sit there with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Amber, that connects, I think, to what Kathy was saying, too, it's sort of like, like the the, vo- the voice of the poem is the mother speaking for the child, so it's just the mother doing the work of imagining the child's nightmare from the start, right? right. So it's yeah. like, and that's what you have to do, like, you just, quote, have to deal with it, like you said, like your own fears, plus yeah. this imagined. And the turn is right there yeah. on the line that you picked out. Yeah. I kiss his head, and the dark sits like a stone on my tongue. Yeah. If she can do this mothering, she's, do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Outside, she's comforting, but inside... Succubus. Right. Yeah. The dark. The dark is scaring the hell out of her too. Yeah. She doesn't have words. <sighs> okay. Shall we? Yes. Okay. One, two, three, go. Ah. And it's in. Woohoo! Thank you, Jana Lee Germain. For nightmares. Thank, Thank you. you for <laughs> nightmares. <laughs> shit out of us. <laughs> Perpetually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but for real. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, but still. And, <laughs> and you know what? We shouldn't end with, with, um, in a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So does anybody have anything that like to share, um, that they're digging right now? Like good things happening this week? Reading good things? Listening to good things, watching good things. I would like to share two things. Oh, yay. One thing I really like right now is Rosie's Fruit Stand in Glassboro, New Jersey, who are selling amazing peaches. It's a peach year. Oh. Peach year doesn't happen every year. Oh. They stand peaches every year, but not good peaches every year. This year is a good peach year. And I've been, uh, I got a box for $22, about 30 pounds of peaches. The other thing I like... Are you making liquor out of them? Uh, no, no, not for the peaches. <laughs> I'm looking forward to apple cider. He makes a lot of liquor. <laughs> I just... Yeah, I, not peaches. Are you I'm, making jam? you got to do something. You've got that many. I'm just as fast as I can. You're nice. just eating them. I'm just, wow. I'm throwing you them down. You are a peach aficionado. Five at each meal. Nice. Um, and uh, the other thing that I like is introducing the B-52's album, Planet Claire, to my children. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Not once they got big mm-hmm. with uh, Love Shack and other stuff. Yeah. That's grand. But the old stuff. Yeah. I, when they got the. Yeah. I, I would like everybody to start paying attention to this. This is a truth I've known for years. You've witnessed this. Nobody goes out on the dance floor until the B 52s come on. <laughs> 
It's like permission. And what song is it, everybody? Shall we say it together? Love, Love Shack. Shack. <laughs> if you are ever yeah. anywhere and you want the people to begin the dancing, yeah. put on the Love Shack. They were, they were the first band I didn't know how to listen to. I mean, yeah. I remember seeing them on Saturday Night Live when they were doing Cosmic Thing, mm. and I was like, what? Why are they screaming? Like, <laughs> you know, like what is happening? Like, why are they just screaming? Yeah. Um, and then I learned how to listen to them, and, and then yeah. I got it. And it's not an everyday thing, mm-hmm. but and pretty close. Oh, it's so good for weddings and other times yeah. you want it. You guys know it, too, don't you, youngins? What? Love Shack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... And what's the song where I'm going to the country, going to eat a lot of peaches? Oh, that's the President of the United States of America. <laughs> yeah. That's peaches. That. Yeah. We're listening to <laughs> That's the chorus. They just keep saying, go to, to eat a lot of peaches. Everybody can go and Google or go on for legal tender. The song about them making fake money in the basement. That's the song we're listening to right now. Okay, okay. Yeah. Is that, that's the President's United States. No, no, it's the B-52. It's the B-52. Do you think um, Love Shack works as, this, as the title so, for today's episode, for this episode? And that would sort Perhaps. of like be the sort of counterbalance to ending in a night. Because like Wendy's poems are like living yeah. the wildlife, kind yeah. of Love Shack and around. Yep. Right? There's a lot of Love Shack going on in the house with the nightmares. And then it's ironic. Yeah. Exactly. This has just been bothering me, and I have nowhere else to put it. (laughs) (laughs) And our podcast is the place. I am so angry that British tabloids um, showed pictures of the new Doctor Who naked. That They actually went through films she had been in and found nude frames and published them in the press just to, like, humiliate. Would it be so inappropriate for us to link to those images, I suppose? Yes, it would be. I mean, mean, one, that's what Tumblr's for, right? And if you want to look at naked picture, if you want to find, like, a film We also didn't share the giraffe porn. We're not sharing this. That's giraffe porn. Oh, God. Okay, but so tell us why that's offensive, because if it's part of his, like, career... Her. It's a her? Yes. That shows you how much I've been paying attention. Right, because the new Doctor Who is a woman for the first time it's a woman. This has been coming for like since 1981 when Tom Baker left the show and said I'm sure that whoever takes my role whoever he or she may be um, is going to do a great job because he's been in the role for so long so since 1981 there's been speculation about female Doctor Who and now that it's finally happening the British tabloids went through her film career found found new scenes and I am just I'm I'm really like that just seems so wrong to me yeah it's saddening I was just really sad when I heard it like Well, but I that's just, what would like, happen because first, she's a woman. First thought was that it was going to be a man, right? So yeah. I'm still suffering under those delusions because I just yeah. didn't know that they had cast a woman in that position. But I think the terms do change. If it's a, a female Doctor Who, and they are now just broadcasting images of her naked body, that is <sighs> retrograde at best. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's sad. Yeah, because something like that would still happen. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It just yeah. saddens me. Well, to, to shame an actor for having appeared nude. I mean, this is so... Uh, How could this still be happening? I don't know. Is it shaming, though, or is it just reducing her yes, to... reducing her bo- to... Bo- she yeah. equals body, right? Like, well, I don't know both. If I mean, they're trying to humiliate her. Is it? I mean, right? or, she, or she feels proud of those roles. I mean, that's, you know, like, if I, I, don't, I don't know enough about no, it. I mean, I mean, there are a number of female authority. companions who have... Um, po- there's, like, a very famous picture of the, the companion who played Joe, whose name I'm forgetting... Um, posed in the nude with a Dalek. Yeah. Um, and Lila, when she was on the show, like wore next to nothing. If you want to see Agatha Freeman, like a man sensate, uh, the the actress who played Martha, you know, she's got her top off in most of the episodes of Sensate, as everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, it was just, I mean, it, it's not that I'm opposed to like 
you know, it, it seems to me just, you know, if you want, go on Tumblr. That's what yeah. Tumblr's for. Well, like, wait don't a second. do it what, in a What is the sort of fan practice of fan fiction slash? Slash. Slash right? is the fan where fiction like where imagining people, yeah. And, and shipping, right, is another, like, version of this. But it's like, that's yeah. one thing when fans do it, but when the media is, is going, and here's yeah. your naked actor. Exactly. Like, absolutely. Like, right. Pornographic rather than voyeuristic pleasure. So there's, yeah. that's my two cents. Anyway, no, that's what makes it worse. Yeah. The Jack Astry that the media would do it. Yeah. Not just stupid people. I don't think fans are stupid people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. That's all. all right. <laughs> so way to bring it back down. Sorry. Right. It's TV my night. <laughs> Love Shack. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So, Ending on a high note, love shot. <laughs> listeners, follow us on all the social media. Tell us what you think. Not of my singing, uh, but about anything else, especially our, uh, what we're publishing here. Thank you, Wendy Canella and um, Janelle Germain. And to all of you, thank you so much. And keep reading. Woo-hoo!